now we just have four very wealthy women yeah. doing wealthy women things and yet still being delusional. You know, like it's, it's, it's really, <laughs> truly the fact that this season ends with Carrie giving up her rent stable apartment, which is like fine. You you have probably outgrown this apartment, but she gets the apartment she gets. It's like even even um freaking Charlotte's not living in a big place like that. Her kids share a room. Like, yeah. that place is a mansion. And it's like, truly, how rich was big? How rich was big? I, listen, t- taking the Chris North out of it, the way she's spending my man's money. I'm like, bro. <laughs> like, I'm like, girl, is this reparations for the times when he was fucking with you? Because what's going on? So, when she's like a BB moment, which is like a beautiful black moment, do we get any of those in this episode? Black. We have a chaotic five moment of the chaotic five moment. Yeah. And you're watching Black by Reality. Black by Baddie and those who love us. Hello, you're watching Black by Reality, a place for Black by Baddies and those who love us. We already talked about each episode of season two of And Just Like That in great detail, but I couldn't get enough. I wanted to talk about it with someone who I know loved sex and the city down if you haven't seen princess week's video about charlotte specifically that made me look at charlotte in a completely different light i believe um princess ori wrote about it too so do both do both um but yeah i wanted to talk about season two with princess and get all of her thoughts so I'm here with Princess Weeks, uh, a YouTuber, content creator, video essays are amazing, and an excellent writer. Hello, Princess. Hi. I'm just here as your friend. Like, we, <laughs> we, It's so funny. Can I share with them our origin story? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So our origin story is back when I was working at the Mary Sue and you were working at uh, Sheet, uh, Cheat Sheet. Cheat Sheet. Mm-hmm. We were both in the round table at New York Comic Con for Charmed. And I think we were the only two black women at our Absolutely. table specifically and like in the room. So of course we were asking questions. And so we were both looking at each other when we found out that two of the actors that were playing the characters were not Afro-Latina, even though they had absolutely been promoted as having Latina heritage. And the whole time we were just looking at each other like, does this, does this make sense? Does what is the light skin hell is happening right now? We were just like, <laughs> we were both like, the color is this color. Meanwhile, so like, all of the white guys at the same round table are just like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> yeah. We kept giving each other, like, looks of, like, what's happening. Me? Yeah. I see you. you see yeah. Me? It was, like, a true moment. And, like, it was interesting because it was, like, we, I liked all of the women being interviewed and it was, like, you know, one of them had a great line about not wanting to like Scarlett Johansson it up, and I was just like, "Oh, sis, oh. they put you in this predicament." You know, it was it was a very interesting interview, and it was a very interesting moment to like. We both had our articles come out back to back, and then like I know I passed mine along to uh, Latinx geeks as well. So it was like I felt like we, I felt like we were intrepid Lois Lane reporters that that day. <laughs> very true I like that is the most memorable I might say that's the most memorable like 
meet cute that I've had with anyone. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just, yeah, we were just in such a same mindset. And you went on to uh to watch the new Charmed. I, I certainly I, did. <laughs> and I I salute you for that. I feel like I probably should have, but I I just never got to it. So. You're not missing. You're not missing out. It was it's honestly like a great example of how like why diversity made by marketing and capitalism is bullshit like it's such a lackluster show and it sucks that like three women of color were the face of that disaster um but you know we can have multilayer conversations and we definitely are gonna be having one with uh one character in this ensemble <laughs> i mean let's let's admit it multiple characters because like there there we have multiple women of color um, that were not in Sex and the City. Sex and the City, like, has been such a huge thing in pop culture, and yet I think they tried to address some of the main critiques of, like, this doesn't look like New York City mm-hmm. to New Yorkers. Um, and, yeah, the storylines that we get in season two is wild. Now, I always start off asking, what are your big thoughts about season two before we really dive into it? Um, you know, I, to be totally fair to it, it is overall an improvement over season one. I think, I think that where the characters leave off for the most part at the end of this season is a lot more satisfactory than when they were left off at the end of season one. I think fundamentally, like, and I know it's got renewed for a season three and unfortunately I will be seated, um, because I'm here for the mess, um, but I think the thing I I go back to time and time again is that like Sex and the City, for all of its faults and all of its you know of its era thing, is one of the shows that made HBO what it is, what it was. Because now you know it's yeah. Max. Um, it is a trailblazing, huge prestige show that has totally ruined its legacy with spinoffs and sequels. And now you have it just like that, which like is such a mixed bag of a show that it's like, if it wasn't for the fact that this is such a popular and and like a hate watch show to have, I don't Mm -hmm. know how it would survive. It's what to me. And just like that is so interesting because like, it really is just watching a fight between the creator and writers against the fans. (laughs) It's it's a girl fight on Valentine. Um, Yeah. For real. And I don't know who wins at the end of the day. We all lose. We all lose, honestly. <laughs> Except the people getting a check. I mean, you know, SJP, yeah. even yeah. Kim got their check. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's getting paid. I think what's so weird about and just like that is that I understand all the intent behind it. Yeah. I understand the desire to take this thing and want to diversify it and, and do all this stuff. I think that's a very organic instinct. The problem is, even with the few writers of color they have behind the scenes, it's just not coming across very interesting. It's just not, it's a totally different kind of show. Yeah. And I think that the example I gave someone talking about is like, so Seema in this season, her Birkin gets stolen, right? Yes. And like the Birkin bag is such a big thing of like, you know, it's a big wealth status indicator, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's like capitalism, the bag. Mm -hmm. In Sex and the City, 
Samantha had to lie and say it was Lucy Lou's bag to even get on the list mm-hmm. to even touch a Birkin because she was gonna have to wait 15 years. Even though the girls were always rich and had a, and had like a lot of disposable wealth, mm-hmm. there was still some financial, not diversity, but you still had like Carrie struggling with paying her rent. You still yeah. had Kim Cottrell's character, Samantha, not being not necessarily in that bracket of wealth, but always aspiring to it. Now mm-hmm. we just have four very wealthy women yeah. doing wealthy women things and yet still being delusional. You know, like it's, it's, it's really <laughs> truly the fact that this season ends with Carrie giving up her rent stable apartment, which is like fine. You you have probably outgrown this apartment, but she gets the apartment she gets is like even even um freaking Charlotte's not living in a big place like that. Her kids share a room. Like, yeah. that place is a mansion. And it's like, truly, how rich was big? How rich was big? I, listen, t- taking the Chris North out of it, the way she's spending my man's money. I'm like, bro. <laughs> like, I'm like, girl, is this reparations for the times when he was fucking with you? Because what's going on? What what's going on? <laughs> he still gave money to his past wives. Like, we found that out. So it's not like she got all of it. Like, and them books is not selling, child. Like, I know it's not selling like that. It's really, when she was like, was big a mistake, I was like, the checks is ca- getting cashed, ain't they, Carrie? You better leave my man alone. Like, leave, leave my man alone. I will say, you kind of felt, you kind of felt Carrie get lowered a little bit in season two when she doesn't have the podcast anymore. Mm-hmm. They were like, we're listening to you, you can't that shit. And then she's back to writing. And like, the fact that she sees homegirl from Vogue who's mm-hmm. trying to dip out without even, like, saying A glance. Yeah. And even she's like, I'm not trying to get your book in this newsletter. Like, that was like, okay, that feels right. Because yeah. Carrie did not get everything handed her to her. She was, like, mm-hmm. such a mess at times, even mm-hmm. professionally. It's like, yes, let someone treat Carrie like she's embarrassing but how did she fix that with her man money like I, big exactly. even from the grave provider like truly like I just like it makes me like uh this season was so hard for me because I'm a ride or a die Aiden hater yeah so I so I was just sitting here every time he shows up in his tidy whities his little leather jacket no. I, was, I was just like bruh can we <laughs> okay. Do we want to get? I okay. How do we want to do this? Do we just oh, yeah. talk about the Aiden part, or do we want to go through our highlights and then lowlights, like back and forth? We could do highlights and lowlights. Okay. So we're gonna talk about our highlights and lowlights of season two. Um, the first one that I got as a highlight. I loved the actual sex storylines. It felt like Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. We got Harry's missing sperm and Charlotte just trying to get that sperm back. Yeah, she's like, up oh, that pelvic wall, baby. Open it up. We're taking you to the doctor. We're doing exercises. Mm-hmm. We talked about it with mm-hmm. the other girls at the lunch table. Miranda was finally back. We mm-hmm. had Harry. <laughs> it was Anthony, wasn't it? Yeah. Anthony, which I love when they do include him. So, mm-hmm. like, 
that whole scene felt so right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also get at the tail of the season, Anthony's bottoming storyline that felt very sexy. Yeah. I love that for them. Yeah. That was a great part. Um, for me, my first high is, and you know, Charlotte gang. So I loved her entire storyline of like going back to work mm-hmm. and, um, really standing in her autonomy as someone who's not just a wife and a mother and it's one of the few arcs in the show that I feel feels organically continued from Sex and the City because I remember her deciding to be a wife and mother such a priority when she married Trey in season three and it just makes sense that now at this age in her life that she would want more than that especially because her her kids are half grown in, in in a lot of ways Lily definitely trying to be grown all the time so, and you know what? She has the best man in the franchise, so she can do what she wants. And Harry may, he'll mess up, but what will he do? He will go to the iPhone, the Apple store, and get his babe that iPhone Max Plus. Exactly. And exactly. I, I, I think they are like, the reason I love them so much is that they do have arguments, they do have disagreements, but they're a solid unit of two people that love each other, that keep growing with each other, that are just like really thriving sexually and emotionally at this stage in their life and it's so nice to see I think that it's good to have something like that especially because I feel like most of these relationships are flops honestly <laughs> wouldn't want to be in wouldn't want to be in most of them really, really and like George Washington is like constantly disappointing the nation the family everyone no. like I said this podcast is a Herbert <laughs> podcast dragging him Listen. and he will be dragged much more later but yes. yes Harry is the standard I love seeing a healthy marriage and like at the beginning Charlotte was getting pretty annoying with her mm-hmm. little storylines but it's because like girl you have no business to mind yeah. <laughs> so you're like wilding at the modeling agency at that store with Carrie about her baby's clothes mm-hmm. so, I'm glad we finally got there of like, nah, she's going to go back to work. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. Um, my first low light, let's go back and forth. Yeah. My first low light. And we already mentioned them. Everything was LTW and Herbert. Everything. Everything. That ties into my low light because one of them is the, the inability to say abortion in her storyline. The fact that it had to be a miscarriage, I was like, listen, get that fetus. Get like it makes no sense. It makes no sense. They talk about abortion on Sex in the City, and it's a show that has always like we know that Carrie has had two. I think we've mentioned that Samantha has had one in the past, but they skirted around it with Miranda. She ended up keeping Brady, uh, mm-hmm. as we as, as we were reminded. Um, <laughs> get rid of Brady. <laughs> the North remembers, but um. The fact that she so clearly was distressed over having this child. There is no reason for her to have this child. Most women that have abortions are mothers, already have their children, especially in, like, the political climate that we're in. For a show that wants to be so diverse and so progressive, them skirting around that issue Mm -hmm. is, like, example number one of why it's a bullshit endeavor. They're not really committed to it. No, no. Um, Yeah, I think that backs up your point of, like, when you go back to Sex and City and keep in mind what the time was, it was progressive for that time. Mm-hmm. So in 2023, 
to take it a step back and be like, but we can't even say abortion. And I think even in the first Sex in the City, um, it kind of also, it still kind of also skirted around it because, like you said, all the abortions that are mentioned, I think, happens before the show, right? Mm-hmm. Carrie's like, I had that done in the past. We don't actually get to, we get to face any of it or stay in it. We get to, like, yada yada, yeah. you know? And the people who probably are against it can conveniently forget. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's like you had you had the chance and you, you blew it because you scared. It's like, where are LTW's people? Because her whole brand is black, 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 black. Yep. I don't believe she have a white best friend. I don't believe that she, because here's the thing, I would, as someone who has white best friends, I get it. But, like, you mm-hmm. were in a certain echelon of, like, black, Upper East Side elites. Mm-hmm. This is a person who would be around other Black women a majority of the time. Mm-hmm. Charlotte's her at-home friend. You know what I'm saying? That's her friend mm-hmm. at school. Mm-hmm. That's not her bestie. Mm-hmm. Where is her bestie? Because her bestie would have told her, girl, why you go out there with your wig? Like, why don't you just fucking, like, put a Zoom chat? You know? Like, why do you have to go over there? It's, just, it's exhausting to see, like, her and to an extension, Naya, both be these, like, very, like, confident, powerful Black women. Mm-hmm. They, A, don't even interact with each other, really. And then, B, they are they feel so separate from Blackness as a whole other than, like, their, the, the, their chosen male partner. Ooh, okay. If we, if we want to go there, because <laughs> I think I might have it on one of my lowlights. Actually, I'm surprised I don't. Okay, so let's talk about the blackness of it all. First of all, at the beginning of the season, we have LTW's mother-in-law come in to visit. And now all of a sudden, the baby's natural hair that's out like mine right now Mm -hmm. needs to get plaited because it's not pretty little lady hair, according to the grandma. And then... We have the grandma making snide comments about African prince. Did you just come from your showing of the Lion King? Then when freaking LTW has her hair wrapped at night, she turns to her and says, I thought we were freed from head wraps with the emancipation. It was just really messy because it felt like such a stereotype of... Mm -hmm. Like, because the other thing, of course, there are going to be, there are, there's generational things, there's generational divides, um, and we can discuss that. But even we had a conversation where, like, how old they try to make it look like, oh, like, your father marched in Selva. I was like, what are you yes. uh, Your grandfather marched in Selva. I was like, grandfather, why y'all having babies? I know we do it young back then, but, like, goddamn, you know, like, there's a lack of, like, texture to it. It just felt like, oh, stern black grandmother so then they had to turn her into like you know the mean black mom from a tyler perry movie and so many of these uh, the choices in this in this in this season was giving tyler perry choices like when (laughs) when naya's love interest like her her black love interest shows up at the end i was like wow this is a tyler perry casting (laughs) i was like no he's fine and yeah. I appreciate it, but they was having her do some Yo. ridiculous things. I was like, girl. <laughs> I, was saying, I was like, you better stand up. Yeah, but, I, but it just feels like such a disappointment that you have this very smart, competent 
professor character mm-hmm. and her storylines are just all trash I don't know why she's friends with Miranda she does not feel like a Miranda friend um I always I have always felt like L, like LTW and Naya should be f- switched in terms of who their their white companion yeah, is really because LTW is dealing with like the ennui of like relationship struggles with career stuff and like yeah. social justice whereas Naya was struggling with infertility which was like a huge Charlotte storyline yeah. back in Sex in the City so I've always felt like they should have been switched anyway um because the, but like it's just like when she was getting her little white dick I was like okay cool this is Brooklyn you know we've been there sis like this is fine but it of course but then it just gets derailed and then we don't see her she's in like three episodes it feels like she yeah. has no she has no texture as a character and it just makes it so hard to like yeah want anything for her because I don't know what her purpose is in the show except to be to be Miranda's black friend who she stays in her house the thing and even personality wise now that you've said that I do think LTW and Miranda would like they would be so cynical and like like LTW low-key hates her man I, I I just think she she's always at odds and that's why I'm like writers are you purposely making it that they're gonna break up but in the end they're bonded over this like pregnancy loss so I guess not I was like I thought we were heading to a divorce right it's because their relationship is I think the problem with like injecting these characters onto the show mm-hmm. is like how much investment does the audience have in them other than like anything because like I don't give a shit about Seema's relationship I don't know who that man is sorry that man I don't know who the fuck he is he showed up for two episodes I don't know why I'm supposed to care she had a whole new man in the beginning of the season I don't know who this man is um even with Che with with their with their little ball-headed scallywag friend I'm like I don't know who these people are I don't know who you are to care I do not care and how that happened? The fact that like that young non-binary person saw Che's routine and was like, "Bet that's my." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't know about you, but it's giving twenty-two. All right, let's go back to uh, the next highlight. I said the highlight is we have improved Branda, Carrie, and Charlotte's careers. I think that was something that like a lot of people. So- felt was missing in the first well first of all a lot of people hated the podcast that was like we're trying to be in 2023 and everyone's like I don't want it I don't want, no, it. I don't want that yeah so we got rid of that I think in like two episodes mm-hmm. so they did a pretty good job with that and then yeah Miranda trying to work in like human rights love it mm-hmm. uh the age gap between her and the interns and the interns being salty also loved it because that like, was hilarious yeah she was a fucking lawyer. What do you expect? She was a partner, and her and her and of course her new black friend was like, "Girl, stop it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and and yeah, Charlotte going back to work. We got oh, I made a list of cameos, and I forgot oh, to write down Sam Smith, but that was a great one too. I forget that they're that tall. I was like, God. <laughs> right, but they were also probably wearing heels. Like I would not be. That's true. That's true. Probably. Um. So yeah, all all of the girlies are back to work, killing it. What's your next highlight? Um, you know, I have to say that y'all know I'm a ha- I'm an Aiden hater, but I have to say I really enjoyed the parts of the storyline that was focusing on him trying to like help raise his son while navigating the new relationship. Like, even mm-hmm. though I hate how it was used in the finale, I did appreciate 
seeing him really lay down those very like healthy and important boundaries as a father because mm-hmm. I think one of the things that's interesting about and just like that is how it deals with navigating dating and sex in your 50s yep. I think that that's an interesting conversation which means that you have a lot of people who are parents who mm-hmm. are you know are, are navigating raising children and like divorce so we have like those big things and I think that even Kathy coming in was handled really well. I was worried about that, but I mm-hmm. like that kind of mature storyline. And I even, to give him his props, I, even though the five years thing was ridiculous, I was like, bro, shut up, just break up. Um, <laughs> I appreciate him saying like, I'm, I need to be with my son. I need to be yeah. my child. Like, yeah. I don't need, I, don't, I cannot be up here playing house with you uh, in this, in this ridiculous ass house. My child needs me. When Carrie was like, even when Kathy has, I was like, girl, the child could have died. Yeah. The child is obviously dealing with kind of some, some like, SI. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what do you mean on Kathy's week? This happened during Kathy's week. What's not clicking? Go take care of it. Go take care of shoe. Go take care of shoe. What is wrong with Carrie? Okay. So, like, I, I agree. Aiden, they really stay true to who Aiden is. Like, of course, he's living in Virginia. Of course, he got a farm. Like, of yeah. course. He's the primary caretaker of his kids. That all made sense. And, like, yeah, he has enough sense to be like, actually, I really need to attend to my kids. I don't know what the fuck. Carrie acts like a dumb blonde sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, because that last conversation was wild for her to bring up, like, wait, we're not doing every other week. You just told him, yeah, stay as long as, like, you, you need to. Yeah. So what are you talking about right now? And, like, she, she's a girly to, to this day. She'll give up everything and to, to be with a man. I don't know how she never threw out there, oh, let me just move to Virginia. She's not how going there. I- She's not going there. That's it. <laughs> Her love has a hard limit, and it is below uh, the Mason Dixon. She's not going. She not go- She's not going. They they are not committed to knowing what to do with Carrie. Besides having her be in this rotation with these men, if they bring back Burger next season, I'm gonna die. Yo, <laughs> Burger writes. I just I feel like it was disappointing because like even though I don't. I don't like Aiden for Carrie where she was. I think for where she is now, they had a very good like research of their relationship. It was very better for 2.0. Um, and I, and like, you know, it was great seeing her get digged down. I love that for her. It was cute. They were being domestic, mm-hmm. but she was just like in the regular show. She was never going to commit to the yee lifestyle. And that's a barrier. Cause the next low light I have, Seema's rushed romance with Robbie. We have a character here who is a bad bitch. She Mm -hmm. got her her career together, her life together. She don't need no man. But she wants one. But she also, like, she has a real balance of, like, I want to get married and have a husband. But also, it may not not happen to me. Mm -hmm. Happen for me. And I'm kind of at peace with that. Great Mm -hmm. balance. You rushed it. She is a perfect romance protagonist and you rushed it because she is 
let's be for real, not one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I'm still side eyeing that they gave her a brown man who smokes, and I think they were just like, they're they have to be perfect, right? Because they're brown and they smoke, and it's like you did no work. I know nothing of him. <laughs> I it was so funny because during their last scene together, all I could think is like, man, just smoke a cigarette, dude. Smoking with a vape is not hot. Like take that shit away. I was like, get this man a cigarette. I was like, I can't deal with this no more. Because he's out there smoking, looking elegant as fucking. He just with his little metal vibe. I'm like, take that shit away. Get that man a cigarette. No, I agree. It's you know, it's I loved Seema's one of one. I guess it's kind of um we kind of talked about it already but like I really loved Seema talking to Carrie at the laundry mart like listen I ain't trying to be here with you and your man looking at y'all smiling happy and shit that's not my life that's not for me I, I remember that so much she kept it 100% and I feel like because that happened they rushed to like give her a man so she wouldn't be lonely and I'm like but she's she's alone but she's not lonely she, her, mm-hmm. she has a very fulfilling existence. Mm-hmm. The problem is I feel like they feel like if they don't pair everyone up, they don't have anything. It felt like they're trying to repeat Smith. But Smith and Samantha was a season and a half of, of a show. And they were great yeah. together. You know, like, you, you have to... And the thing that someone brought to me that I think is so fascinating is that... And just like that is almost an hour long. Sex and the City episodes were 30 minutes. I know. And yet this should be dragging. Yeah. I don't hear like, it's like there's no sense of pacing, there's no sense of real time, and they want to jump around a lot, but I never feel like I know where the characters are situated in their relationships and their bonds until I get reminded. She said yeah. that she keeps testing him to get, and but it's like that feels like a storyline that should have happened two episodes ago. This is yeah. the finale where Carrie is like, in her best outfit of the season, by the way, that like that dress that she was wearing at the dinner. Mm-hmm fashion was back when yeah. her being like you're pushing pulling away i'm like well carrie why didn't you tell her this two episodes ago when this would have been relevant so that we could actually have an arc like it felt like just like because now he's going away for five months i feel like she kind of said it in the bathroom though when that is true that's true yeah she was just like because was like oh i can't marry him and she was like who said anything about marriage, marriage. Like, bitch Seema's dating to marry yeah, she's she not like these other girls so she yeah. was like if you're not my husband let me just have my own routine get my hair blown out every week and whatnot so if um, i'm gonna be rich and single i'm gonna be rich and single like this i will say i did like though carrie being kind of a bad friend again because it just seems so carrie like that's who yeah. she is so the the smoke honesty talk yeah. um was so real to me mm-hmm. actually probably a highlight for me yeah that was one of my favorite Carrie moments I feel like Carrie is honestly the best friend to Seema like mm-hmm. I feel like she's a shitty friend to Miranda like also you know it was so funny I was like why isn't Steve at the dinner but Che is like are you really trying to tell me that Che is a closer friend to Carrie than Steve supposed to be there remember she that, like that's when Carrie okay so Miranda tried to back out of the dinner and she's like, it, and it's poses like, oh, yeah, we're gonna be there. Yeah, so- he was busy. He had shit to do. He was like, don't. He's like, I can't film this. Because I was looking for him. Because I, my, one of my bets, I was like, oh, are Che and and Steve finally gonna fight? Like I was like, I was waiting for it. I was oh, for it. that would have been so. Oh my god. Because we have we have not yet had a confrontation 
between those two characters even though the arc is already done that's the wildest part to me that would have also been carrie being such a bad friend i know bad friend to steve bad friend to brianna but she was really on that shit of like look i lost my husband so everyone needs to suck it up and it's like girl and TBH, is Che her friend? Because Che, che was on the podcast with you, sis. I, they're wild because I would not know Che Diaz anymore. Especially after what happened with Miranda. I don't know that person. Right. It's a stranger to me. <laughs> right. It's, they want it. And I think, I think the, they're a little scared because they threw in all of these people of color in the first season. And if they started yanking them, they're, I think they're scared of the blowback of that. So mm-hmm. now we're seeing um, what's his name, who was also on the podcast. I I hated the storyline of his black wife, like Smoke. Yeah, yes. I hated and, her name is Smoke. <laughs> I hate that. I hate all of it. But it's like, no, you can let him go. You can let him and Smoke go. They add nothing. I swear yeah. to you. I feel like. I have a lot of mixed feelings about Che, and we'll get to it because it's part of one of my lowlights. But like, I I really wish that they were better about integrating because because you know what? For a long time, Terry had her friends. Samantha mm-hmm. had her friends. You know, even Anthony, Anthony and Stanford didn't interact in fucking Sex the City. That mm-hmm. whole bullshit between them didn't happen until the second movie. That's not a real relationship. That's pair yeah. the gays together. So this idea that they're all hanging out and being kumbaya, it's just like no. The four girls themselves were their own friend group, and they had other bitches. Mm-hmm. We don't need to have them all at the same house. It doesn't make any sense. It does. It's not necessary except to like make sure everyone gets paid equity, which they should. Yeah. Shout out to SAG um, and an NWGA. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, there's a lot of weird things that they're trying to force into the show for the sake of saying like we did the thing mm-hmm. while igno- like even I felt like Miranda's talk with Steve was so like necessary but also I was like I got emotional watching it because I I think like it's just one of those things that I just like it's just so hard for me to accept that this is what they chose to do with the, with this storyline with these characters mm-hmm. even as someone who totally understands like Miranda's always been kind of weird with Steve mm-hmm. it's always been a back and forth but I do feel like at the end of that final season Sex in the City, that they had made it to a place where it felt like, you know, things were working. And just the way everything has been handled, both, like, in the universe and how everyone's spoken about it, my feeling is that they want to give, they want to be congratulated so much for the queerness of it that they completely ignore that, like, from, like, a story perspective, like, a story perspective, that it does kind of suck how you handled this. Yeah, Not Not because Miranda can't understand that she comes queerly in life it's because it's like it happens so quickly it happens with no really care to, to honoring that relationship it assumes that that relationship has to end for this to be explored in the first place and it feels like it feels like it's there to make Cynthia and Nixon and Miranda more of the same character when mm. they spent so much time I feel especially because in Sex and the City the show she wasn't out yet, but there was always a vibe about Miranda being queer, right? Yeah. And they worked so hard to make sure that you never thought that about the character. No matter how she dressed, no matter how butch she looked, they were like, no, Miranda loves dick. 
10,000%. Mm. And it's weird for them to just have her now like, oh, you're a lesbian now, pretty much, without never unpacking her internalized homophobia from all of those years. Because that is still part of that character. This is a character who, and this is etched into my brain, when she was going through her Weight Watchers thing, and she hooked up with a guy, she complained about him being too messy when he went down on her. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, this is not a woman who's eating box. (laughs) When she was with Che, like, I'm doing my best work. I'm like, I don't believe you eat pussy, girl. We have not, you have not earned this. There is so much internalized shit about her that I'm like, you can't just sell this to me as if Sex and City does not exist. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I know. I get get heated about this topic because it just, it just, it, it frustrates me. Yeah. I'm one of those who is like, I still feel like Miranda was always queer mm-hmm. and I'm pretty so on board with um with what's going on with her wow you blew me with that with the Weight Watcher storyline because I immediately when you said it I knew and I can picture it and now I am trying to like resolve it with because part of me is like it's been a minute it's been like 25 years mm-hmm. people change and like the whole, the whole, oh God, <laughs> I have to remember I'm editing around this. No worries. <laughs> but like, I, I'm thinking of truly being comfortable um, as a queer femme person with a pussy and yeah, tasting yourself and everything. And it's like, I personally change day by day on mm-hmm. that. Not even gonna lie. Not to say that, like, again, if, 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 like, you know, real people are different. We have different things. We evolve. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it just is in you and you can just figure that shit out. Yeah. But as a, as someone crafting a story and wanting us to come out, I feel like so much of this is just having us as the audience, knowing that Cynthia Nixon is bisexual Mm -hmm. and just, just accepting Miranda being queer because Cynthia Nixon is bisexual and it feels like a meshing of them. And I'm like, I don't accept that. I don't accept that narratively because, excuse me, like, you fought so hard against that connection of self and character for mm-hmm. so many years. Because she was out when Sex in the City, the mm-hmm. movie was out. She was out when Sex in the City 2 came out. Like, you, there is no re. And also, I think to me, there's, a still, there's still a heteronormativity in how they have chosen to have Miranda deal with this storyline because I feel like they never talk about polyamory they never talk about open marriages they never talk about anything besides okay well now she's queer so she has to leave this person and go with this and I get that in like a boomer perspective like that's how they feel that that would happen but I just I don't think that it's that I feel like I know so many queer bi women who watching this storyline were like I don't understand why it has to just be a divorce I don't understand why it has to be like a huge contentious you're do, having an affair divorce. Yeah. Why can't it be let's have a conversation about sex, about intimacy? Because clearly Steve is still fucking. He's still fucking. And I knew it. I knew it because <laughs> we're like, Miranda's like, oh, poor him. Da, da, da. I'm like, I know he's already I know he's already fucking some other bitch. So, like, okay. So they had the kind of marriage that it's just, it, you've been together forever. They're sitting there, they're watching TV together instead of like getting hot and heavy in the bedroom. So mm-hmm. there's that. I think there's just, 
I think the fact is, is that once she cheated, it was hard to, like, go back. It would have been a different thing if she was questioning her sex- sexuality, was aware that she wasn't satisfied with sex in this relationship, mm-hmm. and then started, um, you know, talking about the possibility of opening the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is hard to take that step back after you cheat to be like, oh, okay, but can we be open? So for sure. I feel like because Steve cheated in the movie, which is something that I always had an issue with canonically anyway, I feel like there's room because it's like we both like, right. we, you know, I right. think to me, I, I think also part of it is that in the way it's handled, I never felt as if it was like, so are you guys just not having sex and you miss sex? Or mm-hmm. do you specifically want to experience having sex with someone who is queer? Yeah. Are you being awakened because of queerness or are you being awakened because you haven't come in like how many years? And are you enjoying this new experiences? Like I feel like it just goes from like they're with Steve Mm -hmm. to their fucking Che and there's no actual like self real there's no self discovery. Mm -hmm. It's switching from one set of genitals to another. It kind of happens after the relationship mm-hmm. ends with Che, which I also think is, like, kind of real. I think it's kind oh, of yeah. real for you to see a person and unexpectedly you're like, am I attracted to this? Even mm-hmm. though I've only been attracted to this, like, my whole life. And just being like, I don't know what it is. I'm just into that person. For sure. And, like, Miranda had blinders when it came to Che of just, like, the I'm biggest. I'm very attracted to this person. It was like kind of real, but only after she was like, what the hell is my sexuality? And even then, I I don't know what her sexuality is because they never actually put a label to it. She's like, I just know now I'm attracted to strong, like sexy women. Yeah. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. Well, um, you were dating a tiny lesbian for, you were married to a tiny lesbian for so long, you know? It's like, Steve is such a, like, uh, queer, queer woman's husband, too. Yeah, That's not like, a, like, girl, this really worked out just fine for everybody. Exactly. <laughs> so, which, and I also feel like if, and this is no shade to Che, but it is. But if Miranda had her first thing of finding a chance to somebody was, like, the, the BBC person that they're dating with now, I'd be like, mm-hmm. I get it, Miranda. I get yeah. it. Che and Steve are so similar in yeah. so many elements of like things that she don't fuck with anyway that I'm just like, bruh, I don't understand. Like you're you're basically dating the queer version of your husband. Yeah. It's like, yo, they love doing this to Miranda. And I think it's just the whole they think opposites attract. But it's like Miranda is around professionals she will find one professional. She already found one freaking lawyer lesbian. Yeah. Season one. It just didn't work out. Yeah. Like, come on. So yeah. also Sarah Marez is a hot, hot, hot person. I mean, I to keep it a thousand percent, like that, that's the hardest part of hating Che Diaz is that like, I love Sarah Marez. <laughs> they are yeah. so hot. They were like, one of my bi- first original bi awakenings on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. To the Cali Torres hive. Like, like that was a moment in history and it's so mm-hmm. and they're so attractive but to go to one of my lows I feel like that comedy routine I was like bruh we have lost a lot <laughs> I was like I was like hang it up flat <sighs> screen like <sighs> I don't know but you're comedy. but you're you're a Che homie so how did you feel about Che this season actually I did say my highlight was Miranda exploring 
her queerness more, figuring out her sexuality, and dating someone other than Che. But I will say for Che, how I felt, I I thought the comedy, they listened a little bit and did better with the comedy of like you're not gonna fu- <laughs> you're not gonna listen or watch a whole comedy concert mm-hmm. <laughs> you're gonna get little pieces it sounded like stand up not the best not the worst my my one of my lowlights on the same coin is that Chase treatment of Miranda this season was vile deplorable like, deplorable at the very beginning. We get Miranda. She gave up basically her whole life to go to California with Che. Um, And the minute she starts worrying about her son, Brady, like, Che tries to minimize it. They're like, well, Brady's, like, a teenager or, like, a grown man. Like, it's just a breakup. And then Miranda's like, um... My my son is like suicidal, like talking yeah. suicidal stuff right now, and she's like, "You ruined my scene." Like that when Che yells at Miranda, "You ruined my scene." I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah. Like, and I was just like, "Why are the writers doing this?" I want to root for Che so badly, and I feel like they just give so much ammunition for such an easy target to yeah. be dragged again. Um, then we have, well, you know, Chase secretly married. Then why did Che give a fuck last season that Miranda was married? Why didn't Che say, hey, I'm married? Why didn't Miranda ever tell? Why did Miranda never throw it back in Chase's face like, bitch, you're married? Listen, the, yeah. way, I would, the way I would be mad, I, you mean to tell me I'm getting divorced from my man of how many years making my son crazy gonna lose my sexy ass house and you got mad in your house you got mad in your house i have to fight we have to fight you have to we have to fight i'm always searching and just figuring out where was i supposed to land on shay because i really didn't know at the very beginning of the season we're we see miranda wondering if Che just wants her for sex that was a huge insecurity of hers. And that episode ends with Che saying, actually, I'm insecure about my body. We had nowhere lead up to that. Right. And I was like, well, is Che telling the truth? I guess, because yeah. now they're made up. But then when Miranda's like, fuck, you're married? Like, what is this? Che's like, calm down. I just want to have fun with you. That sounds like someone who you just want to have sex with. Then Miranda takes her ass back to New York. Che takes her back, ass back to New York. And like Miranda is in or under them in the new apartment and is trying to be supportive as a full girlfriend. And you lost your show. What's going on with your career? And Che is just like, you're too supportive. Like I literally, it would have been so much better if the writers just made Che a fuckboy and was like, Period. actually, all I just want is sex from you. It would have made much more sense. The character was so emotionally back and forth. I was like, you know what it is? As someone who doesn't like Che Diaz, it feels like character assassination in a way of like, how is anyone supposed to like this character? You've been born to this white-ass franchise. You're trying to do your best, get your paper, whatever. And it's weird to see your, and it's hard, I can imagine, seeing your own community mm-hmm. dog on your character like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But the material is the material. I can't, like, I don't know what, like, you want us to do. (laughs) I am supportive of Che as a concept. I'm Mm -hmm. just like, they improved some things. For sure. season one. Let's, let's, we're going to have to try again in season three. Yeah. I I really am trying. Um, I like, I like Che when it came to the whole, yeah, having to deal with Hollywood and, the the mess that Hollywood is yeah. and really trying to be comfortable with them even though these outside outsiders are like putting things onto them. That makes sense. What didn't make sense is Che then trying to switch that and act like Miranda was doing that shit. Yeah. I didn't like that after that last comedy show, Che was like, I'm just so tired of everyone telling me that I need to be this. You're Miranda expecting you to not call her a straight woman on stage when obviously that's not the case, trying to shame her for like still being married. I mean, it's a shameful thing. She did cheat, but your ass is still married. So what are we doing here? Hello. You ain't got no papers. You need to be a kind person, especially to the one person who is supportive of you. But I will say it's a real thing that when you have so much internalized shame to actually really hate the people who are trying to get you out of that. Yeah. Like it's just, you, you hate that feeling and Mm -hmm. yet you might be so comfortable with it. Yeah. Because of how other have treated you. So it's like a real thing, but it's like, I need the writers to show why we need to still root for Che. I want, be- I want better for these characters simply because, like, it is rare to have a TV show that's this successful about women at this age in their lives, besides mm-hmm. G- Golden Girls, you know? Like, mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of that. And I wish it was good. I'm like, every single brown character on this show kind of sucks in the way that they're written. Seema's probably, I was going to say, Seema's probably the best one out of the yeah. bunch, but she also doesn't get that much screen time either. I feel like she has the most out of everybody, but I still want more of her. I want her to have Samantha levels of screen time because she's a Samantha level character. Also, the show is very colorist. I have yet, to, like, where are the dark skinned people on this show? Nia is the darkest, is the darkest black woman on the show, and that's embarrassing. Yeah. It's really a mess. Which is why when that which is why when that Tyler Perry casting happened with the love interest, I was like, okay, <laughs> we need an, we we need at least we we need one dark skin person, please. See, see, might actually, actually it's actually kind of wild because I think in the colorist society that we have, it's usually like the women have to be hella light, but the men at least the black men are allowed to be dark and chocolate and sexy, yeah. and they were still like the lightest man with light eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was literally it was literally Creole Nation up in there. I was like, no. it's, it's, "What's your next highlight?" <laughs> I did say I enjoyed that Naya finally got to have sex on screen because yeah. I like I was like she has had the least sex in the city. Like when that opening montage happens and she's just eating ice cream yeah. and watching fucking Bridgerton or whatever, I was like, "Girl, not like this, <laughs> not like this." <laughs> So when she was finally getting loud dick down, I was very happy for her. I was like, that's right. You, that white woman is living on your couch rent-free. You better wake her ass up. 
Tell her to go to her old house. Next highlight was the Stephen Miranda's confrontation. We really mm-hmm. did already talk about this, but it just, they did a good job building it up. You know, I think it was still frustrating to a lot of fans of like how she, we're spending so much time on Miranda and Che and Steve's get nothing. And it's like, because Steve's the big one. <laughs> like, you would want to push that off as long as you can. Oh, but the sure. confrontation, he's just like, you didn't want this house anyways, so I should get it. I built this shit. He's like, you didn't want Brady. And she was done. Like, you can never tell me that Cynthia Nixon is not acting. Yeah. Oh, she's acting. She's been acting. So the, the heartbreak when he said that shit and mm-hmm. ugh, and then they were cuddling. Um, yeah, that that was a good moment. I think a lot of people felt relief because they wanted to shake and yell at Miranda for so long. Yeah. I felt I, I was sad watching it. I remember, like, my friend and I would always parody the scene where, like, Miranda and Steve are in, like, the closet for Brittany's first birthday. Yeah. And he's like, Miranda, you're like, that whole scene and that whole story was, like, so beautiful. And now I can't watch it because it's not true anymore. And that's the thing. It's like, this is a canonical continuation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm not someone who thinks that, like, you know, breakups mean that the story is like bad or whatever but it's just like it's it's hard to see something that ended so well mm. be brought back just to be killed <laughs> again at least big died you know what i'm saying like big dying and having that finality and i know we love stories because they're supposed to be clean they're mm-hmm. supposed to be started from the bottom you've got to it gets only harder from here but we're promised a happy ending at the end and it's clean and it's nice because life is not clean and nice. Um, but like the one part of me that's like, yeah, I'm a writer, but also fuck the three X. <laughs> like, yeah. like um, and I'm just like, I feel like I can still watch that and I can still look at Miranda and Steve and just like at the end of the season, Steve was like, no, I was right about us for, like, a long-ass time. Mm-hmm. They had a long-ass successful marriage. I don't think when marriages end in divorce, it's, like, unsuccessful. I wouldn't Oh, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's just a, a new chapter. Human beings are le- living long as fuck. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for these writers that I guess they get a second chance of like, okay, let's try to make this feel like actual New York. And, you know, but it's like, but yeah, is it more, who's having more fun here? The writers or the fans? Yeah. I'm like, I know, I know the, the, the product is, I guess, supposed to, well, I guess um, in a perfect world, it's both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with these, with some of these, it's like only one is like kind of winning. Yeah. It's, just, it's hard to make a TV show. And that's why we have to have our, pay our writers and make sure they have enough time to craft what they want and not just put things out quickly because of marketing. Absolutely. And I'm still excited for Carrie. I was excited for a, a Carrie without Big. 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of setting in season two that they just reverted back to then. Okay, well then Aiden's like, no, give her a new guy. What's yeah? What is the fifty-something Carrie looking for in a man? I want that answer post and answered. So exactly, villain season three. But my last low light is these kids in sexuality. I don't keep it. Keep it. You had you had me last season watching Brady fucking and right in Miranda's house. Then so loud, ruining his whole parents' marriage with that shit. Truly. And then this season we have LTW and Charlotte eyeing a minor at her kids' school. Without weirdo behavior, weirdo behavior. We have Brady, um, and and Lily. Did they or did they not fuck? They didn't even care to answer it, but they posed it. So now I'm here fucked up for it. I'm here fucked up thinking about it. Um, maybe it's because I am childless, child free. Um, but it's like I I don't want to know if any of these kids are fucking fucking each other fucking other people and i don't want any adults weirdly eyeing the minors oh my god i just remembered ltw's son i was about to bring that part out when that girl was down his fucking pants i was like girl you in the school auditorium you in the hallway bitch yeah that was so good all right we we yelled and everything for like over an hour (laughs) (laughs) successful podcasting done (laughs) thank you so much princess for being here thank you for having me this was so fun I'm glad I got to rant about this fucking show (laughs) um, where can people follow you or you want um, I I still am unfortunately on Twitter. I, we're not calling it by the other name at Weeks Princess. I'm on TikTok sometimes as Princess Pendulum, um, and I am also on YouTube as Princess Weeks doing video essays and trying to do fun, cool things during this days of our lives. <laughs> Follow us at Black by Reality on all socials. Um, I might be taking a little, a little break. Well earned. (laughs) Figuring out what's the next show for me for and just like that. But I am also covering Big Brother. Um, Mm -hmm. so doing exit interviews on Monday. Uh, so Hysom was evicted in our last, uh, episode. The Gay Chaos King. He went out like a G, though, and I cannot wait to talk to him because his laugh, his, like, great perspective, they have to have him back. That's that's my thought. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hope you look forward to that and probably some more tea to table with Jordan. All right. Oh, that was fun. Bye. I'll talk to you later. Oh, 